0: gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Heading south on Huntington Ave last Monday, I was suddenly filled with sadness. It was a perfectly beautiful day. I could not imagine what was wrong with me. It didn't have that diffuse quality of a general sadness for the world. It didn't have that foreboding quality of premonition or the sharpness of fear, but my heart hurt. And then I realized that I was passing the foot of Parker Hill Ave, where more than 20 years ago, a group of friends established a little AIDS hospice. This is the route I drove at all hours of the day and night to visit parishioners and friends at the close of their lives and let them go. Those hospice deaths were good deaths, comfortable and peaceful, and Huntington at Parker Hill Ave. is the intersection coming or going where it was time to stop crying. Still, there was Monday's arrow of sadness, old grief. A few deep breaths and it lifted, dissipating in a flood of memories that while tinged with the pain of loss, largely filled me with joy. Joy is the fitting memorial to those whom we have loved and lost. Joy, after all. Our capacity to experience joy is directly proportionate to our capacity to experience sadness. When we don't censor our feelings, sadness is a gateway to memory, is a gateway to joy. We end in joy. I am keenly aware that one week from today this spiritual community will be memorializing Emily Dunn, loved by so many of us who died last month. My sadness at the loss of Emily has been tempered by the merciful suddenness and peacefulness of her death, very hard on all of us, but truly the death of a saint. And we are blessed with the exuberant presence of her granddaughters, Camila and Mia, and by her, our wonderful memories of her. When we speak of generativity and legacy, this is what we mean. Leaving behind joy. And this is life. French writer and poet René Dommal said, You cannot stay on the summit forever. You have to come down again. One climbs and one sees, one descends, and one sees no longer, but one has seen. There is an art of conducting oneself by the memory of what one saw higher up. When one no longer sees one can at least still know. I love this faith. Love abides. Joy after all. Do you remember the opening line of Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence? Everyone 50 and older? Hello darkness, my old friend, yeah. I thought of this when I read that um, Whitney Houston recently gave her first concert in London in decades, trying to revive her career after years lost to a cocaine addiction. The London Daily Mail reported, a disheveled looking Whitney Houston appeared out of breath and exhausted most of the night, struggled to hit high notes and stopped in the middle of some songs, All together, fans walked out in disgust, demanding refunds. The explanation Whitney Houston made to her audience touched me. She doesn't want to come, my soprano friend, she said. Sometimes the old girl sings, but not tonight. Even in this terrible state of affairs, Whitney Houston affirmed that her voice has been great, is terrible now, but will return as day follows night. Faith is the conviction that we end in joy. Somewhere along the line, the misperception arose that if we commit ourselves to a spiritual path, we will rise above suffering. In some ways, the opposite is true. If we commit ourselves to a spiritual path, we will suffer with an open heart and a naked soul. I will not blame you if you just thought of something you have to do right now. (laughs) Who wants to hear that it's going to get more painful before it gets better? On the other hand, perhaps that truth is strangely comforting because it is, after all, a relief to know the truth. Buddhist teacher Sharon Salzberg writes, no matter how much we want it to be otherwise, the truth is that we are not in control of the unfolding of our experiences. Despite our search for stability and prediction for the center of our lives to hold firm, it never does. Life is wilder than that. A flow we can't command or stave off. We can affect and influence and impact what happens, but we can't wake up in the morning and decide what we will encounter and feel and be confronted by during the day. Nevertheless, as the faithful psalmist said, weeping may endureth for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And so much of making any headway toward joy is the spiritual practice of letting go. Buddhist teacher Jack Kornfield writes Every wise voyager learns that we cannot hold on to that last port of call, no matter how beautiful. To do so would be like holding our breath, creating a prison from our past. All spiritual life is preparation for transmission. At best, we don't go it alone. Medieval mystic and writer Julian of Norwich wrote If there be anywhere on earth a lover of God who is always kept safe, I know nothing of it, for it was not shown to me. But this was shown that in falling and rising again, we are always kept in that same precious love. Some of us give ourselves to God, some lay their heads in the lap of the Buddha, some turn to Allah, some invoke Isis, Astarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali, Inanna, the goddess in her many manifestations. What binds this faith community, this beloved community of memory and hope, is that we all give ourselves to one another and build this road together as we walk on it. Do you remember Don Juan's advice about taking to the road? Carlos Castaneda wrote Look at every path, closely and deliberately. Try it as many times as you think necessary, and then ask yourself and yourself alone one question. Does this path have a heart? Does this path have a heart? If it doesn't, it is of no use. If it does, the path is good. And suffering is not the end of the story. Here's one of my favorite stories by Dr. Rachel Naomi Raymond. I had a man come into my practice with bone cancer, she writes. His leg was removed at the hip to save his life. He was 24 years old. He felt a deep sense of injustice, and a very deep hatred for all well people. I worked with him through his pain and grief and rage using painting, imagery, and psychotherapy. And after more than two years, there came a profound shift. He even started to visit other people who had suffered severe physical losses. Once he visited a young woman who was almost his own age. It was a hot day in Palo Alto and he was in running shorts so his artificial legs showed. When he came into her hospital room, the woman was so depressed about the loss of both her breasts that she wouldn't even look at him, wouldn't pay any attention to him. The nurses had left her radio playing. Desperate to get her attention, he unstrapped his leg and began dancing around the room on one leg, snapping his fingers to the music. She looked at him in amazement, burst out laughing and said, man, if you can dance, I can sing. A year following this, he and I sat down to review our two years of work together. I opened his file and discovered several drawings he had made early on. I handed them to him. He looked and said, oh, look at this. He showed me one of his earliest drawings. I had suggested to him that he draw a picture of his body. He had drawn a picture of a vase, and running through the vase was a deep crack. This was his image of his body. He had taken a black crayon and drawn the crack over and over again, grinding his teeth with rage. It was very, very painful because it seemed to him that this vase could never function as a vase again. It could never hold water. Now, several years later, he looked at this picture and said, "Oh." This one isn't finished. I extended the box of crayons. Why don't you finish it? He picked a yellow crayon, and putting his finger on the crack, he said, You see here, where it's broken, this is where the light comes through. And with the yellow crayon, he drew light streaming through the crack in his body. we can grow strong at the broken places. My spiritual companion, sadness, is a gateway to memory, is a gateway to joy. Joy is the fitting memorial to all that we have loved and lost. Suffering is not the end of the story. We are building this road, this path with heart, as we walk on it, walk toward joy together. May the light stream through the broken places. Let's close with these words from Chilean writer and politician, Pablo Neruda. This time is difficult. Wait for me. We will live it out vividly. Give me your small hand. We will rise and suffer. We will feel. We will rejoice. So let our difficult time stand up to infinity with many hands and many eyes. Joy. After all.